show giving you the gist of what happened this is the bottom line of wwe monday night raw december 5th 2022 you're listening to the cream of the crop wrestling podcast the podcast that's broadcasting across the galaxy preventing aliens from invading we are the techno team 2000 of the program i'm patrick and i'm rob and we'd like you to embrace the kingdom of the madness by be sure to like share and subscribe oh pat sola sokoa was a star tonight that he was, Rob. That he was. Oof. If you could give us one word to describe the show, what would you give us? Oh, tonight was all about the gambling, baby. <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts of this show. Should we dive right into it? Let's go for it. All right. Well, Monday Night Raw started with the Usos, accompanied by Solo Sokoa and Sami Zayn, coming down to the ring for their tag team championship matchup. Uh, we then see a clip from earlier in the day where Byron Saxton is trying to interview the bloodline after they arrive in the arena, but Matt Riddle rides his scooter right through the group with the bloodline dodging out of the way, and Elias comes like around from the back of a of the vehicle saying like, Oh yeah, what's going on what's all the commotion here? And they just start attacking Elias. So and then uh we get a promo from uh the Usos in the middle of the ring. And they tell us that this championship match is canceled tonight. But then that's when Matt Riddle comes out and he says it wasn't very oozy of the bloodline to run away from a fight. And Sami Zayn stops him here to explain to Matt Riddle that he doesn't decide what's oozy around here. Sami Zayn kind of does since he's kind of an expert, an oozologist, if you will. Well, then, uh, uh, Matt Riddle tells us that he did so happen to find a partner replacement for the championship match. He's really not bros with this guy, uh, but they both hate the bloodline, and that's when we find out it's Kevin Owens. Before we dive into this match, Rob, what do you have to say about all this? Uh, this is one of the ones where, yeah, like obviously Kevin Owens is going to be the replacement here, but I do like when Riddle says, I'm not really bros with this guy, and because of Riddle and who he is, it actually literally could be anyone in the match. <laughs> locker room so that's one of those situations where i'm like okay this can't actually be anyone promo wise uh so one of the things actually we're seeing here i don't know if you notice this uh after they beat up um elias like sammy's starting to get like a look on his face that says like all right i feel like we're going a little too far here for no reason guys like i don't know why why we had to do this so i don't know if they're just like starting to tease that now or kind of what's going on but i didn't know if you noticed that or not but sammy kind of had a look to him that said like hey come on like come on guys what are we doing you know like that <laughs> kind of thing uh in the ring for the promos though it was excellent you got the usos who have 
I will say taking the swagger up to a thousand since war games. Every time they're out there, they are just like on top of the world. Like nothing can touch them right now. All the problems about beforehand is gone. And then you get Sammy out there, which I can never, I can never talk enough about the way he is right now. And especially coming up with just more clever line after clever line. Like now he's a master of usology, <laughs> things of that nature. So I, I, I absolutely adore him on the mic. I will never get tired of hearing what they have to say. So uh, as for Kevin Owens coming out and being the partner, not a surprise. I uh, got to keep the feud going. I we have a long time still till the Rumble, so. I don't want to get worn out on Kevin Owens versus some version of the Bloodline matches yet. So I, I kind of hope they slow down here before too long. We'll talk a bit more about it after the uh, match here in a minute. But uh, this was was this a easy way for them to take apart Elias and Matt Riddle? You think they're backtracking here? I mean, I don't know if they're backtracking or... Triple H will listen to his audience. He's he's not going to be perfect. He's going to make mistakes as a booker. But one of the things he does do is he is very, very good about hearing how his audience reacts. And I think he has his finger on the pulse a little bit more when it comes to uh, how social media and how wrestling fans are reacting to things. So I don't think I don't think it's an accident that we didn't get the Riddle Elias match that they set up last week. So now can we say for sure? We'll never know. But I don't think it was an accident. Let's come back around to this uh, thought right after we talk about the match real quick, because it's the first match of the night, the opening match. It was supposed to be the Usos versus Matt Riddle and Elias. Instead, we're getting the Usos versus Matt Riddle and Kevin Owens in a undisputed tag team championship match. The match started with KO just dominating, with the Usos taking control right afterwards and isolating Matt Riddle. KO takes control back and got the hot tag off to Riddle. Solo gets in KO's face on the outside. Sammy kind of makes the save here from for Solo, right? Uh, yes, he does. So you get the first, like, uh, I think it was Riddle was coming over the top. And, yeah, uh, yeah so you see Sammy pulling Jay out of the way, and Solo kind of took the brunt of that dive. So, yeah, Jay, uh, Sammy pulled Jay out of the way. And right, right, right. And Solo ends up taking the hit. Yeah, okay. And that's when uh, Jay super kicks Kevin Owens, right? And Jimmy makes a blind tag and Jay super kicks Riddle and then it sets up for the 1D. Jimmy pins Riddle to retain. The Usos attack Riddle after the match and KO chases after the Usos and Sammy with a steel chair running up the ramp to the back. But that leaves Solo Sokoa in the ring with Matt Riddle alone, and he continues this brutal attack with these steel chairs. You even see him pull out the good old Amaga Samoan Spike. Like, that's a good call to his late uncle, is it not? What do you I have to say that. about all this? Uh, so, match-wise, it is your standard WWE tag team match. Nothing over the top happened. Everything you expected to happen happened in this one. So, watch it. It's fun. The post-match is what I really want to talk about because I thought the post-match was amazing. So you get Co Kevin chasing away the Usos and Sammy up the ramp with the chairs. So that just leaves Riddle right for the pickings for Solo Sokoa. And Solo goes in there and just looks like an absolute monster. Looks like he's doing, like, picking them apart with all these clubbing fists and forearms. Then you add the uh, Samoan spike to it. But the favorite, like, the, the creme de la creme for the ending was... He puts a chair around Riddle's neck, and then he sets him up in the corner and then just does uh, the running. 
what 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 do you call that? Like just he just like runs and he just essentially pushes, you know, smacks his butt into his face in the corner. But he does it with the chair around his neck, and it just completely Riddle sold it like he was as hurt as could be. Then the dump the, thumper. Uh, Let's call it the dump thumper. The dump thumper. There you go. <laughs> uh, and then. The, I mean, you have the the paramedics come out and there. They're Riddle is doing a stretcher job for Solo Sokoa. Solo, when he gets done, Solo literally just like puts his hood up like he's a prize fighter and just walks back up the ramp like job well done. Looks like we're getting a Solo Sokoa Matt Riddle feud uh, lined up. Do you think this is Solo at his own merit, or is this? Uh, do you think this is a order from Big Goose himself? I think this is an order from Big Goose himself. I think that there is going to be some moments where this is where I feel like Jay is going to get his little uh, mistrust happening again. Same with Sammy. I think there are going to be things that Roman and only talks about with Solo and only talks about with uh, Paul Heyman that is going to drive Jay and Sammy and saying that they're not in on it. I think Jimmy's just there for the ride and enjoying it, so I'm not really considering him in this one. Let's go backstage where we see the Judgment Day, and we get a promo from Rhea Ripley talking about how she's going to win the triple threat match tonight, and she'll move on to become the new Raw Women's Champion. And she says the Raw Women's Locker Room will be calling her mommy. What do you think about this promo, Rob? Love the promo, love the confidence, love everything when she walked away there. She is just oozing right now with charisma. So uh, Rhea Ripley is uh, just head and shoulders above the entire women's division, and I do mean that on both shows right now. Well, Rob, we do have one of my favorite things in this show to talk about because we have a high-stakes poker invitational being hosted by JBL going on backstage, and we see a couple of poker tables with members of the locker room we see the likes of Dominic Mysterio, Shelton Benjamin, Dana Brooke, Tamina, Chad Gable with Otis standing behind him, Luke Gallows with the OC, Baron Corbin is nonetheless sitting at the table, Akira Tozawa is on the other side, and JBL starts off the Invitational by saying it's going to be a grand spectacle like WrestleMania, but then Dexter Lumez walks into the room with Johnny Gargano by his side. Dexter drops a bag onto the table, and JBL tells him it's a $20,000 buy-in. And that's when Dexter dumps out the bag, and it's money. Of course, I imagine it's the same money he got from The Miz last week. JBL welcomes him to the table, and we'll see some more of this tournament later on. What do you have to say about this, Rob? Uh, this actually excited me a little bit. I was really worried. Uh, that we're not going to get some of these segments like this with Triple uh, H wrestling. So I was very happy to see that it actually exists. Um, I don't want to see it every week. I want to make it a special treat because I feel like uh, Vince McMahon liked to do it every week and it kind of got old real fast. So if we're doing it like a special treat to set up some of the matches they set up, I think it's absolutely fun and I adored it. Well, let's go to the ring where Bailey comes out for her scheduled match, but then... Becky Lynch appears in the crowd with a microphone and she talks about how much fun she had last week beating up Bailey and her cronies. She uh, notes that it's been three years since her and Bailey had a singles match. Becky talks about Bailey carrying the company during the Thunderdome era and being double champion. 
the crowd doesn't really react to this and that's when bailey addresses that and says you guys can cheer for that and the crowd starts booing her <laughs> and then becky says bailey's the only one in damage control that's not successful becky then says that she wants bailey to win her match so when becky wins hers they can make history together Becky goes to leave up the ramp, and Rhea makes her entrance for the match, and we have a good long stare down between Becky and Rhea Ripley, with them both smiling at each other, just daring the other to make a move. What do you have to say about this, Rob? I'm kind of curious right now where this leads, because WWE doesn't do a ton of women's feuds that don't have to do with the title, uh, so... Uh, it'd be awesome to see one, especially with these two women. Or if it's just one of those where they're going to kind of dance around each other until eventually one of them does win a title and then go ahead and pull the trigger on the feud. So I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes. But nice promo, good back and forth between the two. And you can tell Bailey, I, I don't know if she's just starting to just kind of be annoyed with the whole damage control thing or if she's just frustrated with things in general. But there's like a sense of realism when she talks right now where she just seems frustrated with the crowd and seems frustrated with a lot of things right now. So I I, I really am feeling her character because I feel I feel personally the frustrations that it, that it seems like she's going through and that she's not getting the recognition she feels like she deserves. And I, I she's conveying that amazingly to me right now. So I, I want to give props to Bailey, especially for that promo. She does seem like she's being very authentic with her frustration. Uh, you can definitely tell that. And it almost, it, like, definitely that little tidbit of her saying, you know, you guys can cheer for that. That seems 100% ad-lib, does it not? Oh, absolutely. It felt ad-lib. And that's kind of one of the things I'm talking about where I feel like the crowd really wasn't into it. And Bailey was just getting a little frustrated with the crowd kind of just being there and not really reacting. Which, again, that's on the superstars to get a reaction from them, and I think Bailey did a good job of getting that out of them. Well, I think things are about to pick up, as we'll see with this next match. So let's talk about the match. It's the triple threat match between Bailey versus Rhea Ripley and versus Asuka. This is the first of two triple threats that we have on the show, and the winners of these triple threat matches will face each other, and the winner of that match gets a Raw Women's title match. This match gets underway with Rhea going for a quick win, trying to get some roll-ups. Rhea Ripley took control early on, forcing Asuka and Bailey to team up briefly. We even see Ripley and Bailey work together briefly as well. This forces Asuka into a rally, and she attempts a comeback. And uh, Asuka goes for a lot of submissions, and she gets a couple near falls, but she just couldn't quite get the job done. Bailey hits the Bailey to belly on Asuka. Rhea hits the Northern Lights uh, suplex on Bailey. The match ends with Rhea going after Bailey outside of the ring. Rhea goes for this. It looks like she just goes for this flip attack and she uses this steel stairs, but she lands flat on her back. Asuka goes for a drop kick and Bailey dodges it and hits the rose plant and she gets the pinfall for the win. Bailey leaves up the ramp and Rhea attacks. And Rhea attacks. Asuka right after this match what do you think about this matchup Rob it's a pretty decent match uh, I think they 
the three win involved could have done a little bit better. Uh, I did appreciate how for a triple threat, you sometimes would expect weapons with no DQ and things of that nature. And they decided to go against that. So that was nice to actually just have a standard wrestling match. A uh, lot of headbutts from Rhea Ripley in this one. I thought Asuka held her own. Uh, she had a lot of moments there with submissions and roundhouse kicks and uh, the especially the German suplexes she had there. She had the double knees off the, uh, I believe, the middle rope on the two women, too. So she showed a lot of stuff that she could do on that one. So I really enjoyed Asuka with a little bit of a, I don't want to say coming out party because it's Asuka, but she's... Uh, Kind of gets lost in the shuffle here, so it's always nice to see what she can do. I thought the right person won. I just I don't want to see Bailey and Bianca again, so we'll see what happens, uh, you know, next week on that front. So, but I thought that Oscar winning wouldn't really make too much sense, and I really am personally I want to see Rhea and Bianca as the WrestleMania Women's Championship match. So I'm perfectly fine with Rhea not getting the victory here, taking taking the long road to getting in that route. So, fun match, good match. Well, let's move on to uh, the next thing in the night. Seth freaking Rollins comes out for a promo, and here we learn that next week there will be a number one contenders match for the U.S. Championship. Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley. Seth cuts a promo and invites Bobby Lashley to the ring, and Bobby Lashley makes his way down and interrupts the singing. We get a personal promo, or this promo gets pretty personal pretty quick. With Rollins mentioning Brock Lesnar, Lashley takes offense to this, and Seth tells him that if he can't get his mind right and get his temper straight, then beating him next week will be easier than the last time. And then Bobby <laughs> Lashley hits Seth Rollins, and they brawl it out for a pull-apart for the officials to come out. Bobby Lashley goes for a spear to Rollins, and Rollins dodges the spear, and Bobby Lashley spears a WWE official. This WWE official, Pete Williams, they refer to him as, and this is the first time of him being mentioned on WWE TV, and that got a good pop for me. I'm I'm happy that Pete Williams is on WWE TV and is now canon. What do you what do you have to say about this, Rob? I think WWE does pull-aparts better than anyone, so I really enjoyed this one. Uh, but let's get the most important part out of the way. The Seth Rollins suit rating this evening. Uh, we're going to go very modest here. Nothing over the top, but nothing too bad. This is a very standard 5.7 out of 10. I like the light blue. I like the coloring of it. But overall, as a suit, it was a very standard. Nothing, nothing too flashy. Just a nice, very right-in-the-middle road of a suit rating. So let's talk about the promo. It got personal real quick. I love... I Seth Rollins does a real good job of saying the thing that you don't like about yourself real quick, real easily. He's did he did that with Riddle too. <laughs> uh, so like so he he does a pretty good job of just really finding the one thing about you you don't like and just sticking you. So um and the Lesnar thing has to do with that. So I don't know if they're pulling the Lesnar and Lashley part three in the the rubber match at Rumble this year. Um, or if they're going to wait all the way to Mania. So I'm kind of curious on that one when that's going to happen. Only thing I'm upset about is I I am in the firm belief now, this is the one thing that I would prefer. If you lose the title, A, you don't get a rematch clause, and B, you don't get to be in the number one contender shot that next time. Back of the line, 
move on, go somewhere else. I'm just very, for me, Bobby Lashley, he may have lost the match, but he didn't take the pin. So I'm okay with him being in this and, but I would just pick someone else for him to go against. But I understand Rollins is a big star. These two are probably the two biggest stars on the show you have right now. So I get it. The match is, the match, uh, will be a good match. Uh, it was a good promo, really personal promo. And then anytime we get a PD Williams sighting now, I'm, I'm going to be very thrilled. Well, let's go backstage where Byron Saxton is asking Austin Theory about his thoughts of what he just saw out there between Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins. Theory gives a good promo saying what he saw out there was the past. He then goes to walk away and bumps into Mustafa Ali. We get a back and forth between these two setting up a championship match later tonight. Theory tells Mustafa Ali that after he beats him tonight, he never wants to hear the word opportunity out of his mouth ever again. What do you have to say about this, Rob? Why why are we back with Mustafa Ali, man? Like the dude <laughs> the dude has been given chance after chance after chance, man, and just always just he feels I like him. I enjoy him. He does great matches, but let's just move on. Like I'm this is just the same four guys for that same title that we've seen for about three or four months now, and I'm I'm kind of done. I'm good. This is like the probably the third. Is this the third or fourth time we're seeing uh, Mustafa panhandle a championship opportunity? Oh gosh, this is like the eighth time. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go and check on that poker tournament, Rob Luke. Gallows keeps calling Chad Gable a nerd, and Gable keeps shushing him. At the first table, a hand is won by Dexter Lumez, with Corbin thinking he was bluffing. Corbin had a straight, and Dexter had a full house. Corbin gets mad and calls him a cheater, but then Dexter pulls out a giant axe from out of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) At the second table, we see Akira Tozawa winning a hand, and Dominic tries to steal some chips. Akira calls Dominic a cheater, and Dominic says he can do whatever he wants, and JBL says if they want to fight, to do it elsewhere. Akira then says he'll see Dominic in the ring. What do you think about this, Rob? This was just fun, like little segments here. I liked, I enjoyed Gallows and uh, Gable going back and forth. Those are two, like, some of the funniest people they have on the roster, so I'm always down for that. Uh, Dexter Loomis, man, that dude just deadpans everything and just the way he just nonchalantly just pulls out an axe and like Baron Corbin's like, this dude's cheating axe come out. Like, it's all right. It's cool, man. Like, <laughs> you know, just back it off. Uh, that part was great. The only part in here that I did not enjoy is Dominic Mysterio, man. Like he is, he is, uh, ne- needs to work a little bit more on his insults right now. It's still very much like if you got a problem, with, it's very 1950s. You got a problem with me. You got a problem with the judgment day. Or like, you know, oh, you're short, just like my deadbeat dad. It's it's very uh, outsiders. Yeah, this tournament turns out to be just a fun way to put some matches together. And it's a, definitely better than having each superstar have a bump in running backstage and be like, oh, why'd you why'd you nudge me like that? Let's go. Let's go to the ring. You know, so it's a little bit better than than that and it's way better than not having any reason at all for the matches right well let's go to the ring for our next match which is Austin Theory versus Mustafa Ali for the United States Championship the match gets underway with 
Austin Theory taking control and overpowering Ollie. Mustafa would try to do a rally, hitting a couple of nice moves. But when he goes to the top turnbuckle, Theory stops him and drapes him upside down. The referee backs him up a couple of times and finally has to pull him back, forcing him off Ollie. When that happens, Dolph Ziggler super kicks Austin Theory out of nowhere. The referee calls for the disqualification. Mustafa Ali isn't very happy happy about Dolph Ziggler causing the disqualification and gets in Dolph's face. Then Theory attacks Dolph from behind and throws Mustafa Ali into the to the corner post. He always hits the corner post. <laughs> Every good, match. Man. It looked good. <laughs> Theory hits the A-Town down on Dolph Ziggler to end it all. What do you have to say about this, Rob? Uh, Match-wise, I mean, you had Theory and Mustafa Ali. They didn't get enough time here to make it great, but for the short amount of time, they made it good. I uh, was not expecting the Dolph Ziggler run-in. That was a little bit of a surprise. I'm not going to use the word surprise like it's a good thing, but I'll say it's a surprise. Uh, this does nothing for me right now. Um, I'm not I'm not clamoring to see a Theory-Ziggler match. Uh, it's one of those situations where, like, if this ends up being a triple threat match for the title, I'm not a. I think it'll be a, a wonderful wrestling match, but it doesn't get me excited to like storyline wise going forward. Like, there, there's nothing about it that really entices me. So, uh, that that's pretty much it. I I finished this whole segment going, okay, well, that's something that existed. So, you know, was what it was. And see the Miz wanting. To get into the Poker Invitational, JBL was talking on the phone outside the poker room. When The Miz walks up and says he wants to join, JBL tells him he'd love to have him, but there's a $20,000 buy-in. Miz says he doesn't have any money right now, but he offers JBL his Rolex watch. But JBL tells him that's not a real Rolex. The Miz kind of takes offense to this and walks away. What do you have to say about this, Rob? Um, I'm, I mean, I love the idea of Miz just being short on cash all the time. You know, Marine Six royalties have slowed down, so, uh, he's gotta find <laughs> new ways to scrap for, scrap for some money. So, uh, no, I, I, I love down on his luck Miz right now, losing all his money, so, uh, damn it. <laughs> so, Six really no reason, <laughs> really no reason for him to show up here, literally, except for just that one line. Otherwise, it was what it was, so. Yeah, continuing the story of, like, the Miz being broke, mm, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. Let's see where this goes. Well, let's go inside the poker room real quick, where we see Baron Corbin trying to cheat. But some cards fall out of his sleeve, and AJ Styles and the OC catches him, and they all start arguing. And JBL gets mad, saying they're ruining the tournament. The OC challenges Corbin and the Alpha Academy to a tag team match later on. Everyone walks out of the poker room, leaving just Dexter Lumez sitting at the table with Johnny Gargano. And Gargano says, I guess we win. And Dexter and Gargano gather all the money and the chips on the table, and then Dexter even tips the dealer. What do you have to say about this, Rob? I mean, fantastic. Uh, AJ Styles, Baron Corbin, uh, and so immediately, because AJ Styles is making me watch a Baron Corbin match, he's turned heel now on me, so I, I've, I dislike, disliked that. Uh, so, But no, I think this was a quick way to... Honestly, just fill time. I enjoyed the poker segments. They were just they they were somewhat funny. They were 
you know, something different than what we've had in the past weeks. And uh, it continued the story, I think, for the Dexter Loomis is now having a bunch of money and the Miz is now gone broke. Uh, so, but I love Gargano and Loomis together. I think they're actually, as much as I'd rather Gargano just be a Daniel Bryan type, I enjoy Gargano with uh, his interactions with Loomis because I think they have a lot of good chemistry together. You say Daniel Bryan type, but some of the best segments we ever got from Daniel Bryan pre-epic Daniel Bryan was with Kane. You are not wrong. So this is a very similar type trajectory. So we'll we'll see how it plans out. Let's keep it moving because we go backstage where Kathy Kelly is interviewing the Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair. And she asked Bianca how she feels about the possibility of facing Bailey again. Belair says she knows how to handle Bailey, and she mentions Rhea attacking Asuka. I want to note that I hate this because it automatically sets up for Bailey Bianca later on again for what the third time. And we talked about this before. Stop giving us second contenders. You know, don't or don't stop giving us predetermined contenders like before the match is even resulted yet. This happened. This has been happening in the last couple of weeks. What do you have to say about that, Rob? Uh, yeah, it's very annoying. You're just telegraphing what you're going to do, and it's not even telegraphing to something that makes me excited either. So, you know, you're it's kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, you're really ruining, I don't want to say ruining the potential surprise of whoever's going to win the next triple threat match and then the one-on-one after, but you're just trying to telegraph yourself into something that we also don't want to see and be just, don't, don't spoil your own show. <laughs> like, that's what? all. Just don't spo- spoil your own show. Well, let's go to our next match, which is set up by the to- poker tournament like earlier on. It's the OC, AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson versus Baron Corbin and the Alpha Academy, Chad Gable and Otis. We get JBL on commentary, and this match gets underway, and it's an even back and forth, and each man during this match got some great moves off. We saw a massive suplex from Otis to Luke Gallows, and then the match comes down to AJ Styles hitting the phenomenal forearm on Otis, Gable ger- German suplexes, AJ Styles, and then Gallows and Anderson set up and hit the magic killer to get the pinfall. What do you have to say about this match, Rob? Uh, it was a nice, fun little six-man tag. You could tell it's just kind of a nice time filler for the long three-hour show, but I'm not going to ever complain when we get the likes of Chad Gable in the same room, uh, in the same ring, I should say, as AJ Styles. So <laughs> I hope, I would love to see them get a good one-on-one feud down the road and just give us some good television matches for like 20 minutes. I'd be all about that life. So otherwise, this was a very just standard six-man tag. Glad to see the OC going over, especially with the Magic Killer. But speaking of going over, you want to talk about a podcast that's been going over lately? You're listening to it right here. So if you want to see us go over even more, make sure that you go and support us best you can. Find us on YouTube. Look up Cream of the Crop Wrestling. Be sure to like all the videos. Be sure to comment on the videos. But most importantly, be sure to hit that subscribe button because that helps and supports us greatly. Uh, then you can find us all over social media, Facebook. We're almost at 1,000 followers on there. So thank you so much for the follows on that. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can also find us on TikTok. We like to share a lot of wrestling <coughs> uh, history videos. And then we also share a lot of uh, wrestling memorials for wrestlers that have passed as well. So just uh, get a little bit more content for the Cream of the Crop Wrestling guys that I I would uh, highly suggest you guys going out to see that. So be sure to just all the links are literally right down below. So keep listening to this and just scroll on up. Click those links, folks. So thank you so much for that. 
Well, the next thing we see is Alexa Bliss warming up, stretching for her match later on in the night. And there's a TV behind her in the background, and it flashes Bray, Bray Wyatt's symbol without her noticing. And then commentary doesn't even acknowledge it. What do you have to say about that, Rob? Uh, just, again, more Bray Wyatt teases, more I don't want to speculate anything, because I feel like there could be a there could be a swerve, bro. Could be a swerve, or, you know what? They're just telling us exactly what's going to happen. Well, then we see Candice LeRae being interviewed by Byron Saxton backstage. Byron asks her if she's a marked woman, seeing how she has to face EO Sky next week. She just faced Dakota Kai last week. Candice talks about how she's a new mom, and she has to... She has so much to fight for, and she won't let anybody push her around. And then Johnny Gargano walks up with Dexter Lumez right behind him, and they give Candace a little peek into the bag of money that they got, and Candace tells Byron Saxton she hates to be that guy, but they need to go spend some money right now. What do you have to say about this, Rob? Well, just as Candace almost said, what the f- oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, a uh, funny little segment there. It also sets up a ma- uh, an actual promotion for a match that's going to happen next week. I'm excited to see Candace and EO. I think they're both great workers, so I- a match I'm looking forward to. Well, let's go to the ring for our next match, which is Akira Tozawa versus Dominic Mysterio. Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley are at ringside. This match was a quick match with the Dominic controlling. He hits the three amigos. Tozawa had a good showing and tried to do a rally. But Dom would dodge and counter and end up winning after hitting the frog splash for the pinfall. Dominic goes to go after Akira Tozawa after the match, but the Street Profits come out and the Judgment Day back off. What do you have to say about this match, Rob? Uh, Match-wise, it was another one of those where put Dominic in a match uh, with someone that can help carry him, help teach him the ropes a little bit, but also give him an easy victory so that he can get that victory and it's not hurting anyone that's uh, prominent at this moment. So match-wise, it was what it was. It went out there to to accomplish what it needed to. Dominic still gets heat by doing the three amigos. He gets heat by doing the frog splash. Like The crowd still hates that guy, so he's doing a really, really good job there. Um, after the match, I was... Uh, not expecting the Street Profits to come out. So that's that, to me, is a much better uh, feud setup than what we had. So last week we had Street Profits and the uh, Alpha Academy kind of again, and that felt very old and stale and something we've done before. So this right here feels fresh and new. So the uh, Street Profits uh, potential lead-in to a feud with the Judgment Day, whether it be Balor and Priest or whether it be uh, Priest and Dominic, I, I don't care, That, but I... Just like it because it's something different that's going to be on my television. Well, let's go backstage where we see Bobby Lashley being confronted by Adam Pierce for the spear to Petey Williams earlier in the night. Lashley says he got in the way and Pierce says he knows it was an accident, but Bobby shouldn't let it happen again. And Lashley tells Pierce to make sure nobody else gets in his way. Any thoughts about this, Rob? Uh, Triple H likes to have... Uh, authority figures that are strong, but he only has them one to come out on certain occasions when he wants something to be a big deal. So if we, our only reference is uh, NXT, and you would only see William Regal once every like maybe month, once every month and a half, and he only showed up and showed that stern look and stern talking to when it was someone important 
that he really wanted to make a big deal on. So I feel like Triple H is doing the same thing with Adam Pierce here with uh, Lashley, who is a big deal. Just use him for very, very seldom when you want your authority figure to be, you know, angry and showing something important there. So, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a good segment. And Lashley not standing down and just saying, yeah, yeah tell him to not get in the way again. So I liked it. Well, it's time for our main event of the evening, which is the second triple threat. Alexa Bliss versus Nikki Cross versus Becky Lynch. Winner faces Bayley next week in a number one contenders match for the Raw Women's Championship match. This match was a decent triple threat with these three women tearing it up. We saw Alexa tease a sister Abigail. That's important to note. Nikki Cross was just all over the place being crazy. Becky would control but would be thwarted every time she had some momentum. And then towards the end of the match, Dakota Kai and Io Sky show up and attack Becky, putting her through the commentary table. Triple threats, of course, are no disqualification. And then that's when Alexa Bliss sets up and hits the Twisted Bliss on Nikki Cross for the pinfall. Any words about this match, Rob? A uh, fun little match here. I like the the teasing that we had of the uh, Sister Abigail. I also, uh, I, I would say going into this, we all us thought Becky Lynch was going to win this match. Um, so I was actually kind of surprised to see when uh, Dakota Kai and Io came out and interrupted the pen and prevented that from happening. And very pleasantly surprised to see Alexa Bliss getting the victory here. So uh, as we kind of spoke to earlier, I hope this starts to lead to a more clear, clear picture of what the Alexa Bliss character is going to be doing um, a little bit down the road here. So personal opinion, would love to see her get the victory over Bailey next week. Uh, just a to give her uh, more of a profile match at the Rumble and then also finally get more of an idea of is she going to be part of the Bray Wyatt stuff? Is she going to be turning heel? Is she going to be just Alexa Bliss babyface? Where where are we going to go with that? So overall, a uh, decent match. Not a bad way to end the show. I thought the right person, act, uh, uh, the surprising right person went over and I'm more curious to see how uh, Becky Lynch kind of progresses forward with her little feud with Damage Control. At the end of the, each show, we like to cover the show briefly with some of our favorite moments. And we start with our least favorite moment of the night. What do we call our least favorite moment, Rob? Call it the near fall of the night. Go ahead and tell the people what your near fall of the night is. Uh, my near fall this evening was the Akira Tozawa Dominic Mysterio match. My near fall of this night, I don't, I have a couple of gripes, but mostly is that. The show was kind of dragging towards the end a little bit, and the crowd kind of showed that in the main event. The blame for that, for the show dragging, is because it's three hours, so your gripe is with USA Network and, UBC, uh, and NBC Universals. Next favorite thing of the night, which is our bump of the night, Rob, was there any crazy bumps that you've seen, or what was your favorite move of the night? I mean, what do we call it? The the corner thumper or something like that? Uh, the, <laughs> the dumper dump, thumper. But, the dumper, the dumper thumper. thumper. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, putting the uh, putting the steel chair around Riddle's neck, Solo Sokoa. Just yeah, to me that that whole segment stole the show for me. But that was uh, that was the bump that made me cringe. It was good. It was so good. Yeah, that was some crazy those crazy chair shots during that mix up right there. I'm gonna go for the move and call out the Samoan Spike. Was there a showstopper of the night? Was there a particular thing in the night or a particular promo that made you go, whoa? Uh, for me tonight, it wasn't over the top, but I, t I touched on it earlier. I really enjoyed the Bailey promo just because it felt 
the realism behind what she was saying felt very intense. Uh, so I, I, I had sympathy for her because she has done a lot and she does not get a lot of credit. And right now, damage control in a booking sense is not very good. And she is really trying to pull her weight to, to make it something that it could be. And so uh, credit to Bailey. She just felt very realistic out there. And I felt I felt every word she said. I'm actually going to go with uh, Rhea Ripley's promo. Short and sweet and to the point. Yeah, and I mean, she's just prominent dead center in the Judgment Day once again. Uh, what's the barn burner of the night, Rob? This one was actually a very difficult one for me to pick because there wasn't a match that really stood out to me tonight. So um, if we're going to pick one, uh, let's go ahead and go with the first women's triple threat, the uh, the Bailey, Rhea, and Asuka one. Uh, I thought if we had to pick a best match of the night, to me, that was the best match of the night. I thought Rhea really did a great job in her part. I thought Asuka had a hell of a showing compared to all the women in this this whole entire match. So, yeah, I, I'll go with that one. That was a good match. That was a good match. I'm going to go with uh, the opener, though, and go with the Usos versus KO and Matt Riddle. It was a pretty decent match. All of them had a good showing. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's our program. You can show us some love with a like, leave us a comment, and give us a subscribe. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and TikTok. All of our content can be seen on YouTube, and you can listen to our podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Podcast. Until the next episode, I'm Patrick. And I'm Rob. And we thank you for listening to Cream of the Crop Wrestling. Good night. Thank you for listening to Cream of the Crop Wrestling. You can embrace the madness by finding us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cream of the crop wrestling. Follow us on Twitter at cream of the crop W. Subscribe to our YouTube channel by typing cream of the crop wrestling in the search bar. Have fun with us on TikTok at cream of the crop wrestling. And you can always find full episodes of the podcast wherever podcasts are found. Nothing means nothing. Man. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? Oh, I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top, oh yeah. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Oh yeah.